1: Welcome inside episode 610 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside the Martian over on the streets. And we've got a great show coming up for you because Matthew Joseph has avoided arbitration with the Ottawa Senators and agreed to a four-year contract. So we're going to get into what that means going forward for the organization and who would you rather on their current deals, because they're going to be intertwined forever. Matthew Joseph or Nick Paul, I'll get the Martians' take on that. Plus, we've got some World Juniors news and some questions from the listeners. All that coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, July 29th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like the videos by clicking the thumbs up below, subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel, and leaving a comment below. Today's comment, we want to know your thoughts on the Mattia joseph contract and who would you rather between him or Nick Paul, but first, Martian, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure to have you, and we got some news to discuss. That's a nice little drop.
0: Yeah, hey, buddy. Thanks for having me back on. It's I'm excited to be here, as usual. It's nice to well, see your
1: face. Yeah,
0: you too, man. As everyone knows, Laleems Martian is a part of the
1: post-cast crew, which will be back in full force next season, but it's always great to catch up with you. Was the last time you were on, was that for Daniel Alfredson we had you on for a quick segment?
0: Yep, yep, that was it. That's when I came on last. And uh, it's nice that we have another piece of news here to talk about today.
1: Well, yeah, it's almost like the start of a string of great news. Then the Daniel Offerts, like we've had LeBreton Flats, we've had Alex Debrinkit, we've had, oh man, is probably my favorite of all of that. Maybe not the biggest yeah. impact, but my personal favorite because we've manifested for so long. But Matthew Joseph came over at the trade deadline last season and put up over a point per game in a small sample size, 12 points. In 11 games, including a hat trick against the Detroit Red Wings, what do you think about the contract? It's 11.8 million dollars total, so an annual average value of 2.95. Is that about what you expected?
0: Yeah, maybe maybe a touch higher than I probably would have expected, but um, for a guy like Matthew Joseph, I think it's a it's a really good deal for both sides, right? Four years. So when you're looking at Matthew Joseph, like he he's really not going to probably digress. During that time of that of that contract, right? He's still going to be a, a pretty young guy when it expires. So, um yeah, I, I love the deal. I think uh, it's definitely a solid one for both sides. And and with Matthew Joseph, right? You get a guy who who can go up and down the lineup. So any kind any kind of injury, you know, he can jump into that top six role pretty easily. And we saw that last year when he was playing with Kachuk and Norris. So. Um, You know, and and the element of him being able to kill penalties. He draws a lot of penalties. Uh, He's a little bit of an analytics darling right on the defensive side as well. I'm, uh, I'm happy with this one for sure. He's a he's a good player. Yeah, I just pulled up my projected uh,
1: lineup there if you're watching on YouTube and, and we have Joseph on that third line right now and I mentioned in my immediate reaction video that you can always go find on YouTube whenever a piece of sense news drops, we want your first thought to be like, alright, let's go Locked On Senators on YouTube, we're going to get a quick immediate reaction video for you, but I said there, like every NHL team has a player on their third line that's making $3 million or more and those are the types of players that in, a, in an instant can move up and play top six, but I think that what he brings as a totality where you're hoping the offense continues to pop career highs this year, 30 points, but again, 30 points, it doesn't necessarily scream $11.8 million of full commitment. And I know that's spread over four years, but I think that if the Sens had offered this exact same contract to Nick Paul, they wouldn't have even been in a situation where trading him was an option. Do you think that, Matthew Joseph has more value than Nick Paul over the next four years.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I, I think he does, yes. Um, and I think offensively, he's gonna he's gonna do a lot more for the team than than Nick Paul could. I think that, that 30 points last year, that was with the majority of the season he was playing, you know, in Tampa Bay, where they're completely stacked up top, right? So he's gonna get a little bit more opportunity in Ottawa, and we saw that last year. He was over a point per game, Ross, right? Small sample size, we'll say that, but I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely got a little bit more of a, uh, a jump in his step, too. He adds a little bit more speed and in today's NHL. That's really important, right? Nick Paul always kind of had flashes of offensive talent and ability, but um, I think Matthew Joseph creates more for the guys around him, and I think, yeah, it, it, the, value there is, it, the value is definitely there.
1: So in the first year, he's making
0: $2.5 million.
1: That will go up to two point seven next year, and then in the final two years of the contract, and those final two years would have been his first two opportunities at unrestricted free agency. So that's another part of the conversation when it comes to the Nick Paul versus Matthew Joseph is you're buying up two unrestricted free agency years. Whereas for Nick Paul, it was all four and that's where the two year age difference comes into play as well. You're banking on a guy who's got a little more road ahead to improve before that daunted 30-year-old season where the typical player regresses a little bit. And that's where the seven-year contract for Nick Paul. To me, I take Joseph for four years over Nick Paul at seven when you're looking at the age difference between them as well. And that's not to take anything away from Nick Paul. Fantastic depth player. He showed it in the playoffs this year, those two goals against Toronto in game seven. like That was a nice little thank you on the way out the door for Nick Paul, for Sens fans everywhere. But yeah, I'm excited sure. to see. I'm excited to see how Matthew Joseph gets used. Like, are you one of those people? And I know you don't like your premature projaculation, but will Matthew Joseph be on that third line with Pinto and Formanton, all things
0: being equal? Like, do you see the top nine being as set as some do? yeah you know me and my premature line projection. it's not my favorite thing to do uh you never really know how it's going to shake out right like something could happen in training camp where you know two guys find chemistry and and it could be joseph with you know kachuk and and norris to start the year i wouldn't be surprised to see that they were you know they were gelling together last year there's going to be less of a you know learning curve for them coming in and, and trying to you know figure things out so i think that he could be, he could really slot in on any of those top three lines and he'd be a you know a good factor on on each of them i think the the more likely scenario is probably him ending up on that third line with pinto and Formanton to start but I mean and that would be it that'd be a speedy line right there with with joseph and, and Formanton together right so i don't know how that always works out when you have two guys who have like super good wheels but um. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could pretty much slot him in anywhere. That's the great thing about him, right? He's he's kind of like a, a bit of a Swiss Army knife, similar to yep. like, the way Connor Brown is. He's he's kind of a similar type player in the way that like he can jump up and down the lineup and and not look at a place one bit. So,
1: well, how about um, what Sean Simpson said? I actually love this uh, this tweet. And you always have to fact check yourself yeah. after Steamer throws something out. But uh Connor Brown came to Ottawa at the age of 25, coming off 29 points in 69 games last season. Joseph 30 points in guess what 69 games 25 years old so even though the natural reaction is always to look at Nick Paul because they were traded for one another really this is the Connor Brown replacement
0: going forward yeah I see it that way for sure and and I mean that there had to be someone who got moved out of that at top nine, right? It was just too crowded. You can't have a guy like Joseph or, or Brown on your on your fourth line no. when your when your team's fully healthy. Keep that in mind as well. But um, yeah, no, he 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 kind of <laughs> Matthew Joseph kind of does it all, <laughs> right? Um, and that's the line we used to use on on, on Nick Paul. But um, yeah, I <clears throat> I think for sure he he's gonna fit in anywhere you kind of want to put him. So um, comparing him to Connor Brown is not crazy at all. And look what he did with all the opportunity he got in Ottawa as well, right? So it, I, I see that compar- comparison that Simmer's making there, so I agree. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be such a fun year offensively. Are the
1: Senators done is a great question because the d certainly doesn't scream playoff team, especially on the right side, but there is time between now and the start of training camp to fix that up. Right now, it looks like just over $8 million in cap space, not budget space, cap space, uh, for the Ottawa Senators to sign their two remaining restricted free agents in Eric Branstrom and Alex Formanton. Before we finish up with the Matthew Joseph conversation, I want to pull up something. This is a great tool on Cap Friendly, and it tells you the contract comparables and who their most matched ones are. And of recent times, we've got yeah. Here, I'm gonna zoom in here a little bit. This uh, this should help a bit but I wanted to have the cap pit in there too. This is crazy. All right. It's okay. So I can't it. See it <laughs> it's all good. So yeah. uh, Chandler Stevenson is the most matched contract. It was signed uh, during COVID right after the day after Tim Stutzla became an Ottawa Senator. Uh, so right after the 2020 draft, um, he had already won a Stanley cup at this point, mind you, and he's a centerman. So that's a bit of a different situation. Wasn't ARB eligible. So, I think it's more math just on the length of the deal, four years, and the cap hit, two point seven five for Chandler Stevenson. Now the Jason Dickinson trade, which is the next most match, everyone kind of scratched their head at that one when it was signed as well, saying it was a bit of an overpayment, and that's at two point six five. So I have trouble using that. the The one that I think is is probably a fair comparable here would be Adam Lowry with the Jets, and again, it, it's a centerman, so maybe there it's not, but. He was uh, an arbitration eligible 25-year-old at the time of the signing and he signed for 2.91 on a 3-year term whereas Joseph 2.95 and I think that you're looking at all these comparables I'd say Joseph finish or comes out of this looking pretty favorable to the ones on this list wouldn't you
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think mean, Chandler Stevenson is an interesting one because I mean he gets a lot more opportunity in Vegas there before you know they acquired Eichel and things like that. Yeah. He was he was their he top was line Stone. center. Yeah, he was their top line center for like half the season, I think. So yeah, it's interesting to see. I like when I put him up against these these players here. Yeah, I mean I see the comparison, but I I like Matthew Joseph so much. I think I think he's he's better than most of the guys on this list. So it's good to see that you know his contract looks like it's going to pair up nicely. Yeah. I'd say that fans,
1: I understand where it's just like, there's absolutely no like discount here. I'd, I think if anything that you're, you're betting a tiny bit extra on the overall uh, financial compensation based on what you saw in that little sample size. I half jokingly said, I mean, it's a fact for now, but he's got the second highest points per game in the Ottawa senators history yeah. right now <laughs> yeah, behind, behind only Peter Danny Healy. Only yeah. Danny
0: Heatley, uh, that's but funny. of course
1: that's tongue in cheek. How
0: about, that, the, how about uh, the Sens avoiding arbitration again? Hey, eh? they were on a yes. hot streak. When was the last time they had a guy go to arbitration? Was it Hoff, What Hoffman? Did Hoffman go to arbitration? Mm. Uh, they were I, I, they
1: were in Toronto for Mark Stone, and they signed. Remember that one year contract
0: they signed like yeah. on the way in. They always sign it like the day before the day or like the, the, the you know, a couple days before the day of, like I remember last year that they, didn't they have three guys who were like arbitration eligible and they, they avoided it with uh, everybody. So it's mm-hmm. nice because I mean, for, for a franchise like the senators, you, you don't really want to go into a hostile environment with any of your players. Right. I think it's, it's to their benefit to not have to rip a guy's game apart to get a lower deal. I think hundred find, percent. Yeah. Finding that mutual ground is key.
1: Yeah, no, no question. Uh, last year was Victor Mete that they avoided arbitration with uh, as well. So certainly a trend and a good trend. Like, you know what? There's there's some guys who will go through the process, but it's, it's tough. I don't know if you ever fully recover from that. I know P.K. Subban's was apparently especially difficult. And then, look, he's traded a year later from Montreal or two years later. So certainly something that you want to avoid. And the Senators now can focus on turning their attention. I mean you do have the two RFAs and we'll touch on that in the final segment with Formanton and Brandstrom, but the focus has to be on the decor. And how about our, our buddy Nick Dumoulin on Twitter putting putting out there um, you know all the sends. They always support each other. And uh, there there is an extra like on the Mathieu Joseph signing that we'll tell you about right afterward from our friends at built bar built bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And it is the snack of summer. I am crowning it the snack of summer. It's built bar. You can take it with you wherever you go. Built bars are the perfect snack for your kids going to summer camp or on your own family vacations. I'm going to San Francisco next week and I'm going to load up on built bars in my carry on the, I feel bad for the security screening agent. They're going to be like, what's this guy doing? Is he going there to sell built bars? No, I just love them that much. They're healthy. They're delicious. They're 100% covered in real chocolate. And the built puffs are unreal. Like, I'm a built bar guy, but the built puffs are crazy. I'm going crazy when I see this. It's churro flavored protein infused marshmallow. Yeah, let that sink in. And they're only 140 calories. So sign me up for one of those. And you can sign up for built bar. At built.com. That's a spot to go for all your built bar needs. It's built.com and use our promo code locked15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Great execution all... on that. I was going <laughs> to, y- you saved me from that. I was going to go, all right, Martian, which I, it doesn't have that same je ne sais quoi yeah, as pill-y. all as We miss miss our boy. Pillsy's out on the East Coast. He's in PEI now. He wanted me to pass on thank yous for all the recommendations in Halifax. I think he got the true East Coast experience. But, Martian, he told me that on his city power rankings, he'd have Halifax
0: ahead of Ottawa. So, we got to show him a better time next time. Wow. Yeah, we – we gotta show him around. I, I mean, I see why. Wow. I, Halifax in summertime is absolutely beautiful, yeah. and it's it's a really fun town. So I can see why why he likes that. He's. I think maybe he, he was influenced a little bit by his new friend Igor Sokolov, right? Like he's yeah, no doubt. Go, he's busy with him. So, um, but yeah, next time we'll we'll do something different, maybe, and, and yeah. show him a little different side of the city because we only kind of did the market thing, and then we were out mm-hmm. in Canada, right? So. Yeah. Um, there's more to see, for sure, for him.
1: 100%. Hey, maybe around at the Marshes with Bush, we'll, uh we'll smarten him up. Get him yeah, on the right track go. here. Going. Yeah, forward.
0: we got to get, get him out there, for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking
1: of Ottawa, we have the wheels in motion, is what we'll say for now. But we are planning to do something very similar to the game against Montreal last April. The turnout was fantastic. And what better way to accelerate the growth of the event than making it for the home opener. The, the vibes are already at an all-time high here with the off-season move, so we're really excited. Stay tuned to Locked On Senators and Send Central on Twitter, at Laleems Martian on Twitter, and we'll get you all the information as that comes out. Do not buy tickets for the game just yet. We're going to have a link, so we're all sitting in the same section and get that as rowdy as we can. Senators versus Boston Bruins. I almost said Providence Bruins because they're going to be missing some top-end talent in Marchand and McAvoy, both guaranteed out recovering from off-season surgery. Speaking of the off-season, it's not going to be that for much longer. The August World Juniors are sneaking up in an absolute hurry. I just put all the the Sens prospect game dates in, into my calendar here, and it's going to be a, a busy couple weeks starting on August 9th, and the teams are starting to be announced. Team Finland was announced the, uh, during the weekend. Team USA will be next Wednesday. Team Canada, I'm not sure, but we can tell you that Ridley Gregg will be on that squad, no doubt in my mind. However, Team Finland, Levy, Marilainen, and Roby Jarvanti, both named to Team Finland. This team looks pretty similar to what they iced in December um are you nervous for for jarvin I feel like this guy needs a big tournament
0: yeah I, I mean after his performances at this tournament the last i guess one and a half times or two times that he was there before <laughs> right he uh yeah didn't do it didn't do a whole lot right ross like he, was, he mm-hmm. I, I think this tournament he was almost yeah, I think he was healthy scratch for some of the games and then is he was kind of plugged on the, on the on the third or fourth line, but you would think coming from the AHL and being a big body like he is, with the shot that he has in the offensive instant, he thinks that he should kind of almost be dominating this ter- this tournament when he's playing up right? against this, right? Um, so he he's got to do something big. I think he's got to perform this time around because otherwise you're kind of like, well, why why isn't he doing anything out there at this level? Like he, he's you know puts up decent numbers in the AHL at his age, so. It's interesting, yeah. but uh, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I know Levy Marilin is not going to have much of an issue. He's used to playing on in the high-flying OHL, right? And yeah. he faces a lot of rubber uh, playing for Kingston, um, and he knows how to win games. That's that's what we know about him. So I think uh, I think playing internationally is going to benefit him a lot. He, he should be there. He's going to be their starter, right? Like there's 100%. No other... Okay, yeah. So that's going to be fun to watch too. Because yeah, I saw him live a few times, and he can make some. Really big saves when uh, when he's put under pressure, like two, uh, you know odd man rushes and, and breakaways and things. He's solid on those. So, hundred percent. Going to be fun
1: to see. Yeah, with Jarvan T in the first World Juniors, the one that was completed in the last two games, three and a half minutes of ice time and nine and a half
0: <laughs> minutes of ice time. Ross, you could have got away with three minutes of ice time out there. Uh, yeah.
1: maybe, maybe as a thirty-year-old in the World Juniors, but when I was eighteen, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that's exciting that uh, those two will be representing Finland. Of course, they won bronze at that tournament in 2020, and then yeah, only got to play one game in uh, in December. So it'll be great to see them back in action. Team USA is already starting their tryouts and. I saw you posted the photo of the K Train Tyler Clevin just looking like an absolute beast but yet still only
0: 19 years old. Like that to me is is mind-blowing. Yeah, he's he's so funny cuz he's he's such a baby face but he's a mutant. Like he's he, he's enormous, right? Like I don't I'm not sure who the other kid in that photo was but he, he was only up to his shoulders. So Yeah. I mean, he he's a monster. I expect big things from him in this tournament as well and and you know, he, he's he's you know been part of that usa team now for a while as well so um i i expect big things out of him and i i, I guarantee you he's going to be throwing some kids into the boards uh during this august tournament he's going to try to open some eyes i think you think there's a chance he gets a letter considering he's one of the guys that has been around a while i don't know i think there's probably a
1: couple other guys that but at the same time like benears won't be there sanderson won't be there like there's your leadership crew yeah from the december world juniors um i'm just trying to think like right off the top of my head it would it would be a returning guy right you you would have to think and i think a lot of them have uh have graduated man this is how long ago it was that the last world juniors in its full uh happened like zegris was there for for uh yeah like zegris uh matt boldy bobby Br- like it, it's crazy even uh Cole Caulfield was on that team. Like since they've yeah, had a full yeah. World Juniors, so I just I just saw Bobby Brink just had some sort of surgery, so he's out mm-hmm. for four
0: four months, right? So yeah. He be there.
1: So looking at the team that uh, that was there in December, like could Logan Cooley be a guy who wears a letter again? These these are younger players than than Tyler Clevin, but I don't know. That's gonna be interesting to see what kind of role, if any, uh, of leadership that uh, that Clevin will get because it's just going to be awesome to see him play every game, right? He was only in for two games in that first World Juniors where he got the gold medal, but certainly I'm sure he wants to feel more a part of it this year. And he'll certainly play a top four role, if nothing else. I'm excited to see Tyler Clevin and Tyler Boucher turning heads at camp as well. So we're really hoping to see Tyler Boucher get his way onto that team. Of course, Ridley Gregg, we mentioned, will be there for Team Candle. We'll have every step of the World Juniors right here On Locked On Senators. But to finish up today's show, we asked you, the listener, some questions, if you had any questions for us on Twitter. And of course, Send Central Citizens just simply never disappoint. So, coming up after a quick break, we're going to get to those questions right here on the Locked On Senators podcast. All right, you're listening to Locked On Senators. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Levitan Shocker and uh, at Send Central as well. The Martian is on Twitter at Lalims Martian. Little programming note before we get to some questions, and that is there will be no show on Monday. No show on Monday. It is the August long weekend. Pillsy's getting back from his holidays. I'm heading out on mine, but Pillsy will be back. We've got a Send Central citizen recorded for Wednesday. And then Friday's show, Pilsey, you're on your own, buddy. And then uh, the it's Monday good. after, t- good timing for us both to be back on the show together. We've got the World Juniors beginning that we just touched on in the last segment. But as we said, we got lots of great questions here from the listener on Twitter at Sens Central. So here we go for the Martian. Um, let's go with at Sens Hockey for life. Do you believe the Melnick sisters are going to keep the team Simply stacking it or are they simply stacking it right now to get the most money when it comes time to
0: sell? ooh that's that's a tough question. I think they're doing a really, really good job right now where they're at and whether this was the plan all along or they're kind of changing philosophies a little bit with the organization and if they are planning on selling it, I think they're doing a really good job of propping it up to a point where where it'd be worthwhile i would I would think though that like it might be their father's wishes for them to keep the team, right? So it's gonna be a wait and see thing, but um I mean if they stay, I'm happy and if if they sell to some great new owners, then that's a great thing too so. Um, can't really go wrong there, but either way, the Melnick sisters, Olivia and Anna are doing doing a hell of a job. Are they ever. It's been awesome to see uh,
1: how the sends have been run on a day-to-day basis since just then. So uh, that was the first question here. Thank you for Mr. Gindong. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, but appreciate you for writing in. Maddie Pert, no question. Just want to say what's up. Cheers, Matty. Appreciate hey, Maddie. that. Um, Zach's asking for a first 15-game preview. I get where your head's at, Zach, because four wins in their first 20 games in each of the last two seasons, but it might be a little too early for that. And he he gets to that right after. Might be jumping the gun. Should we take a quick peek though at the Send schedule? Here, why don't we do it like this? I'm gonna read off the schedule and you yep. you tell me win or loss.
0: I've got it pulled up here too. So yeah. Okay,
1: let's do it. Hey, you go first then, because I'm still I'm struggling here.
0: Okay, they they've got Buffalo first on October 13th in Buffalo and two points. That's that's going to be a I mean that's going to be a tough game though, man. They're those those Sabers, they're actually a little bit underrated. I think they're a young team too. I'm going to say 2 points for the Sens there though. Okay, and then on the road in
1: Toronto on the first
0: hockey night in Canada Saturday, Matt Murray up against his old team. It's always a 50-50 shot against the Leafs, I feel, even when the Leafs have the better team. Um I'm not going to go against the Sens here either. I'm going to say 2 points right there. Okay, then they come home to play Boston. Home opener. We're gonna be there in the stands. We, we we haven't missed yet, Ross. We every time we're at the you know the games, they win. So that's yep. another two points. We're starting off three and zero, hot start.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm actually on a uh, on an eight game win streak in the building. So not to brag, but. Are we gonna go through all fifteen games? <laughs> that seems no. Like well, a- let's
0: at least get to the first loss because right now we. All right, yeah, to I think the loss. next one. I think the next one spells an L. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Washington at home. Washington at home. Yeah, I think that one could be uh, that could be an L.
1: Yeah, Ovi destroys Ottawa. He yeah, kills us. He does.
0: Um, then the Saturday game
1: though, first home Saturday game of the year against Arizona. So you're hoping that's point night.
0: I think that could be a point night, yeah, because uh, especially you know, after Arizona, the way- Arizona's
1: bare bones right now. They're, well, they're I don't the, even know who they have. So well, the way the last two games last season they swept Ottawa.
0: Yeah, well, that could be a Josh Brown re- revenge game there too. Okay, right? okay.
1: <laughs> that's perfect time to move on from that question. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, Evan LaSalle is asking. He's our next week Central Citizen. What's the projection on Shane Pinto? What do you expect points wise? And then he
0: says, Calder, question mark? Ooh, I mean, it's going to be tough for him, I think, to, to win a Calder. I think he, he's he's he got this, the skill level, and I think he's he's definitely good enough to do it. Uh, but he's going to be in that third-line center role. I don't know if he's going to be on the power play at all. He'll be on that second power play, possibly. I mean, three. he's definitely a third-line center. And, um, I mean, maybe if somebody else gets hurt in the middle, he gets bigger opportunity. He, he could make a push for the Calder if he's really performing. But... I wouldn't expect too much out of him his his first full se- season here, right? So I'd say probably around thirty-five points is my guess for him. Hey, He's how about calling. the how
1: about the guy who I love comparing him to, Mike Fisher? When Mike Fisher was twenty two years old, he had thirty-eight points in seventy four games, eighteen goals, twenty assists, a plus yeah. player, plus thirteen, and he got a tiny bit of selfie love, thirtieth in selfie voting, but he got at least a vote. <laughs> So I'm going to say that that's probably where I see Shane Pinto as like a 38-point guy would probably be around the ceiling. And some of that is just based off opportunity or lack thereof that there's going to be down the middle in Ottawa. Because let, let's let say that, knock on wood, but Norris or Stutz will have to miss any time. I, I kind of just see them sliding Giroux over to center, and that's where we talk True. about Joseph a guy who can move up and down the lineup, you slide Giroux up to, down into the middle and then you just slide up Joseph and call up a winger like a Sokolov or a Jarvante and they can come up and play at the wing. I, I think that's probably, or even a Jace Howerluck if you're looking for a little more of a veteran presence, whatever. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I think probably 35 to 40 points and I would temper the expectations on Calder. I love Pinto as a player, but let's, let's ask the question then. Oh look, new new reply to our thread from Ross Levitan. Who has a better chance at the Calder, Shane Pinto
0: or Jake Sanderson? I'd say Jake Sanderson Agreed. because he's going to be on that second pairing, and he's going to be. People don't really know of him, I think, as much as they probably should around the league. So he could really open some eyes, and I think he's going to get all the opportunity in the world too. Right, but you got to get him a partner because you don't want him to, you know be floundering around trying to make, make up for mistakes of someone like maybe Nikita Zaitsev. Oh yeah. (laughs) Adam uh, Prince, AJ Prince writes in, what do the streets say about acquiring a top four D man these days? Martian (laughs) streets are pretty quiet these days here, Adam. So I don't have a whole lot for you, but uh, I know there's lots of talks about Chikrin still, Um, you know, um, Brent Wallace dropped that little nugget the other day. Yeah. And so, uh, we'll we'll see you on that one. Um, but, and then, I mean, there's also, this is a crazy one, but the possibility of, you know, someone like Klingberg, if they wanted to throw big money at him for a short deal or something like that, that could be cool. But, um, no, no official rumors as of yet. Yeah, Sean kind of asking the same, same thing more or less, where it's like,
1: how can we fit that legit top four D into the salary? And I think the easy answer would be number 22 needs to move his way out. Now, some people, this is just an aside, but some people were, were throwing out that the idea of, of maybe buying out Nikita Zaitsev because since they just signed an RFA who was going to arbitration, a 48-hour period open starting Monday where they can buy out another player. But based on the bonuses in yeah. Zaitsev's contract, you're not really saving that much. I think the play is if you can't move him, you waive him. And you just say, look, like it's not going to work. You're either going to report to Belleville or you're not. So
0: yeah, that's, and I think that's interesting. Somebody will, would probably pick him up too, don't you think? If, if they ended Yeah, up right shot
1: him. defenseman, elite defender, as uh, DJ yeah. Smith likes and, to call Yeah, and them. coming
0: in, they've already paid the bonus, so he's only coming in at, at whatever it is,
1: two two $2.5 million.
0: Two point five salary, so yeah, yeah. Easy but piece. then
1: you got to do next year too, four point five. Like that's that's a decent amount to shell out here when it True. comes to him. Uh, GM at ninety eight. G Monahan ninety eight. Big numbers guy for the Sens lineup this season. <laughs> what do you think of pairing up players in the top six and then spreading them out through the top nine? His example is Norris, Kachuk, Joseph, which we know worked. Uh, Stutzla, DeBrinket, and Formanton and then Pinto, Giroux, and Batherson. Um I mean that's balanced. I like the yeah. idea of it. But that's, Yeah, that's I mean that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Sorry, my dog's barking. No, out, all so good. Go uh he just likes the uh the idea of splitting it out. I I think that the top 6 is so good and then I don't even think it's that much of a drop off to obviously comparatively, but compared to other third lines around the league to have Formanton, Pinto, and Joseph. So I'm I'm not really stressing about splitting up the top nine i think that the top nine is deep enough as it is yeah there's really
0: there's like no combination there's no combination there that you can really go wrong with right that's three lines you can roll and that's that's a huge thing in the league right so
1: yeah yeah zub remesi great name the answer is yes love Uh, this guy yeah, absolutely. He's all over it. Um, sends Army underscore 11 asking, who frosts your tips when uh, <laughs> when you get the hair going full 90s boy band?
0: Uh, my girlfriend does it.
1: <laughs> nice. Shout out, Breck. You absolutely love to see it. Yeah. Um, all right. Look at Dude Sends. If one of the forward lines does end up being a combination of Debrinkat, Stutzla, and Giroud, does Stutzla really stay at center?
0: Yeah, but I think Giroud would take more of his face offs for him
1: correct i believe the the same and obviously eventually you want timmy to be that guy who can just you know play center and take faceoffs. but 36 percent last year you add that with jeru's percentage and you have 100 percent. let's just put it that way uh Giroux, one of the best faceoffs. <laughs> yeah that's guys how it in, works for us in the league i mean is like over 65 5 percent if i'm if i'm not mistaken last season bonus question from him how many points per game players will the Sens have next season i like that one
0: oh I could say I could see them having three. Yeah, I could, see, I could see them having three. I think Stutzler will be one. I think, um, um geez, actually, you know what? I well, Batherson was on pace for it last year. This is a tough choice. It might be four actually. Wow. The Brinket should be a point per game, I would think. Right? He never has been in his career. Oh really? Well then, maybe maybe not. So the thing about yeah, the, Brick, just, Eddie, those are the three that i would probably be looking at for like major point total guys oh sorry in the shortened season he was i i was okay.
1: looking at points it's like oh 56 he had 56 points in 52 games in the shortened season 78 in 82 last year you yeah. know for those goal scorers it's a little harder because the playmakers right you have two opportunities to get an assist on every goal Whereas the goal scorer you're probably looking at a little less but i think the timmy's timmy might pop off for 25 30 goals next year whereas um, I mean, Kane's a lot of a playmaker as well. So, it, inter- interesting. I like the question. I would say, and I'm on record as saying Ruse hitting 77 points. So, oh, wow. we'll see. Yeah.
0: I can see him lighting it up too. Yeah, I mean, guys who get traded or, or come to a new team, they, they always seem to at least get off to a really hot start, right?
1: Well, so. yeah, he had 23 points in 18 games with Florida at the end of last season. Like, this guy, he's still yeah. stuck.
0: Yeah, so I'd be looking. I'd be looking at, but the three that I would go with is probably Batherson, Stutzla, and DeBrinket would probably Debrinket. be my, my other guy. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna throw in Stutzla into that mix. I really
1: think that that Timmy's gonna take another step forward next year, contract year. Thank you um, for him. So I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Timmy. I'm gonna go with Timmy and DeBrinket, just two. I think Batherson and uh, and Giroux will be in that next tier. And I think that when you're looking at 30 goal scores. That's where Brady and Norris, I just don't know if they'll have the amount of assists to keep it as a a full point per game. But I think that they'll have a lot of 60-point guys next season, which is really exciting. Uh, Fast Alex Formanton, great profile picture. Do you recognize that at all? I do, yeah. That's a great one. (laughs) Uh, Does Martian physically put his ear to the cement when the streets speak to him? Or do you use something like a stethoscope?
0: I actually use those little, like you know, the string and tin cans. That's kind of how it works. You just you grab the <laughs> can and give her a listen, and if uh, if anything comes through, that's that's what you get. So yeah, there's a tin can somewhere on the other side of town, pegged to the streets, and I'm I'm on the other end of it. That's amazing. It actually goes right at
1: center ice at the CTC. That's yeah, where the other one comes up just under. It's like the loony for luck, but it's a tin can with a with a direct line direction yeah. uh sends army and Sask love this question do both Talbot and forsberg I almost call them talberg Talbot and forsberg finish the year with the Sens or do they flip one throughout the season or at the deadline
0: no I, they both finish with the Sens. that's that's my answer to that one uh and what's
1: yeah. your early projection at 82 games how many each guy get
0: I'd probably go. I think I think Forsberg probably gets the edge on the amount of games that they play I'd probably go 45 forsberg and then whatever's left for yeah. Uh, Talbot yeah yeah that's 30 37? 37 37 yeah. I think Talbot should be happy with that amount right that's yeah. solid. yeah definitely um, 220
1: 20- 24h on TPNE at O Canada 27. Easier to just call them that. If everything goes to plan, do you think Foreman, Pinto, and Joseph can be one of the best third lines in the league? Um, just looking at the third lines in Canada,
0: and I'd say out of those seven teams, they got to be top three. Yeah, this is so, the, upper echelon. I'd say upper echelon too, yeah. And, and that's the thing about the lineup right now is that they're just they're just so deep in that top nine so and th- that third line is going to get a lot of great like matchups against you know third pairing second pairing defensemen. so i'd say yeah for sure okay and we're getting a couple of these questions isabel's writing it in and there's another one as well um <laughs> i saw <that. laughs> i just want to get the go ahead i'm just reading those that they're, they're funny comments
1: oh yeah we'll get to those right at the end here but Isabel's mentioned in the 2018 hearings uh nothing's changed um on our end where here's the official stance of locked on centers and we get this a lot and it's fair because it is a big issue in sport right now and in hockey yeah anyone who is caught in a gang rape situation or a sexual assault should feel the brunt of the law and not play for the ottawa centers or the national hockey league however everyone who is putting a guilty verdict on people without any, like Rick Westhead is doing Lord's work r- reporting all this. Yeah. Rick Westhead will not sleep until the names come out. Until the names come out, I am not going to put a guilty verdict on any of the two Ottawa Senators players, Alex Formanton and Drake Bathson, who are on that team. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. So w- once the names come out and they will come out, we will react accordingly. But I'm not going to speculate on who was and who was not involved. Uh, Casey was the other one who brought that up. It's a very well, fair question. And said, I understand yes. why fans are are like curious and upset and, and want answers. The answers will come out in time. And then we'll re- we will react accordingly. If I had a dollar for every DM that I've gotten this summer saying this one is involved, this one isn't involved, they both aren't involved, they both are. I, they all can't be right. Clearly. Yeah. So we're gonna wait until the facts come out and then we will react accordingly. That is our official statement, and I'm sure Pillsy wouldn't mind me saying that for the podcast no, that, as well. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Devin Alexander, do you believe there's a chance the Sens start the season without Formanton being signed? And let's put this aside from that previous conversation. It's hard to put them up, of course, but he's I would say. Yeah, I mean they started the season without Brady Kachuk. I think it's it's definitely possible that they start the season without Alex Formanton. Where do you stand on that?
0: Yeah, I, I well for sure. Yeah, if, I mean the same thing, right? If if Brady Kachuk can sit out a few games waiting for his contract to to get done, then then so can Formant, and especially like at, at the status they're at, he's going to be an interesting contract though. Formant I don't really know. Yep. Like a, he's shown flashes of brilliance, and yeah, so I don't. I don't really know where that one's going to land, but I think yeah, the dust needs to kind of settle on the on the all the other stuff. So,
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: So we'll see. Any he, he could even be trade bait at this point because you got to give to
1: get if you're doing that top four deep. Yeah, and like him and Joseph are pretty pretty similar type
0: players for sure.
1: Yeah, it also would it be the worst thing to get a nine game look at Ridley Gregg to start the season as well, or even oh, Tyler well, Boucher? I would right love, if would one love, of those guys comes geez. out, dude. What would the vibes be like if Tyler Boucher's in the Sens opening
0: night lineup? <laughs> Ross. I mean, he can play Don't his nine games excited. and then go back to the O. Don't get me excited here. Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy to give him like a game or two stint just to see what he looks like, especially if he has a really good training camp and he keeps this momentum that he's going with the, you know, the rookie camp or the dev camp that they already did and now the USA hockey. If he makes that team USA and he performs at the World Juniors, hello. Um, we could be looking at a new kind of narrative around that player. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I hope he keeps it going here. Yeah, me too. We had a great
1: chat with him uh, a couple weeks ago. And obviously we had a chat with him with you uh, right before the playoffs in the OHL final one. We're going to answer here, honest question. And this is from the one who asked about your frosted tip. So uh, sends army <laughs> underscore. No, we're not a real one. <laughs> Do you play Zub with Shabbat or with Sanderson to start the season, regardless of if
0: and who the sends get, as another member of that decor as tough as this is on Thomas Shabbat, cause he's kind of gone his whole career without a really good partner. Uh, I think you got to insulate Sanderson just a little bit and make sure that he has a steady guy with him. So I'm going to say put Zub with, with Sanderson to start things out, but yeah, if they end up acquiring somebody else um, then, then you could maybe have that guy be, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with Sanderson and have Shabbat with Zub cause we know that's a good pairing that works, but um, but yeah, I, I, I think you gotta, you gotta keep Zub with, or Sanderson with Zub there just to start things out, to make sure he gets off to a, a you know, a smooth, uh, start to his career.
1: I totally agree. Since we're on the D conversation, Caleb at email, like two, four, six, good buddy of the show. Send central citizen. Uh, he asked Lassie
0: or JBD. Simple Who do question. I like? Who do I like better? Yeah. Oh man. It's such a hard one because they are they're kind of different i I think just based on last season I gotta go with Lassie Thompson because he's kind of showing those like a little bit of offensive instincts he's he's good good great skater right he's got I think a little bit more size too so I, I'm gonna go lassie as of right now but this could be the year that JBD kind of breaks out right he's kind of at that age where defensemen are kind of uh you know seasoned. A little bit more and then once you get to that 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 point then you turn a corner right so I think I think it's possible that he could end up coming out on top after this season all things said and done
1: absolutely great point there a little bit of both sides I don't mind that though because there's such different types of defensemen although they're both right shot they play the game so differently it's just kind of what would you prefer that stout defensive maybe low event type player or are you banking a little more on the upside that Lassie Thompson can bring with that hammer of a shot? And you hope that the offensive game can help him out in a in kind of becoming a top four defenseman at the NHL level. So lots of great topics here. Sens Army definitely not sleeping through this offseason. The The engagement level with this team is at an all-time high. And it's great to see we're going to carry this momentum into next season and into next week as well. Just a reminder, no show on Monday, but you can follow us on Twitter at Central and you can follow the Martian at Laleems Martian. We'll be back on Wednesday. Martian, appreciate you jumping on, man. This has been fun. My pleasure, buddy. Anytime. Absolutely, and uh, we'll get you on before the season starts, but we do have the postcast on deck for next season, so we're really looking forward to... Rookie tournament, and that's what we'll finish off with, just the news of the day here, news of yesterday before the signing. The Ottawa Senators' rookie tournament schedule is out. They are playing in Buffalo, and they will take on Boston on September 16th in the afternoon, 3.30, Montreal September 18th at noon, and then on September 19th at 1.30, they'll take on the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, as the Senators put it in the tweet, "Sense hockey is closer than it may appear. So it's great that we've got that in the future. Awesome. Enjoy your long weekend, guys. Stay safe. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Senators. For Bre- <laughs> I almost did it again. Sometimes yeah. I call you Kelsey. For The Martian, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day.